Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. Welcome, folks, to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, retirement planning specialist and fiduciary Tony Walker. And today, as we record our show on October 25th, 2022, and assuming America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander, has this show correctly in line to air during Thanksgiving weekend, I thought it would be a good idea to bring back to the Worry-Free Production Studios none other than retired pastor of Southeast Christian Church here in Louisville, and founder and current president of Bob Russell Ministries, Mr. Bob Russell, to discuss an attitude of gratitude, part two. First of all, thank you so much, Bob, for joining us. Well, thank you, Tony. I, I saw in your email that it was two years ago that I was here, and I was thinking it was a year ago. I did too. You know, as, too. as you grow older, time goes faster. Have you noticed that? And I, somebody told me why the other day, naps. <laughs> You take more naps and you get older. Time goes faster as you get older. But I'm glad to be back. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i like you because I asked Aaron. I said, I think it was last year sometime. He said, uh, Tony, that was like two years ago. And ironically, it was October 27th, 2020, almost mm -hmm. to the date. So, But I'm like you. It is weird as time is moving on. So, well, real quickly, what has been going on these last two years in your life? Obviously, we're going to get into some great detail. But in general, how things been going? Well, I'm so grateful first for the health that I have. Uh, if I wish somebody would have told me how much fun I would have between 70 and 80. I just turned 79 a couple of weeks ago, and this has been a wonderful decade for me. Now, not so with a lot of people who, between 70 and 80, in fact, the Bible says normally the time between 70 and 80 are full of trouble and sorrow. Hmm. And I've been blessed with really good health. But we had a lot of things happen during the last uh, couple of years. One is the last uh, four or five months, our family's gone through four, uh, four graduations and two weddings. And I've got a son who got his doctorate from Cumberland University and then two grandchildren graduated from Liberty and one Gosh. grandchild graduated from Samford. So we've been all over the country going to these graduations. And then there was one of our granddaughters got married in Orlando and another grandson got married in Chicago. So we've been traveling and spending a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to look forward to that other side where you are. Now I've got, I'll talk about them in a minute, some young grandchildren. I got two currently. And then by the time the show's on, Hopefully, God willing, we've got one due uh, November 11th. So I'm looking forward to that day, but I'm also enjoying this time when they're little rascals running along. So it's been wonderful. Well, I've enjoyed every stage. And to see these grandchildren get older, and now I have a great-granddaughter, and I've got another grandchild on the way, great-grandchild on the way. And it's really been a joy. We're talking about Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that all of our families on the same page spiritually, that we can get together and talk about anything and whether it's politics or 
spiritual things in the church, and we're all on the same page pretty much. I talk to so many parents who have a prodigal child or child on the opposite end of the spectrum from them politically, and they're just heartbroken over because there's certain subjects you don't bring up and a lot of tension in the Thanksgiving meal. But for me, I'm so thankful that our family's all on the same page. Yeah, what a blessing. Um, I know, speaking of family, you had, a, I think, a grandson that had some illness and some trials and tribulations here recently. You want to share a little bit about that? Well, probably 14 months ago, uh, my grandson, Charlie, actually my first grandson, uh, came down with COVID mm. and went to the hospital twice because he felt he was getting sicker and was turned away from the emergency room. The third time he went, they flighted him to Vanderbilt Hospital and he was in the hospital intensive care unit for 77 days. To show you how serious his condition was, his hospital bill came to $9.5 million. Mm. That's when you're Well, thankful. at least you met your deductible. <laughs> yeah, <Gosh>. thankful <laughs> for insurance. Golly. But it got worse and worse, and uh, a, a doctor told me, we're down to divine intervention. And people all over America who knew us, prayed for Charlie Russell. Hmm. I had a Bible college president tell me, I've traveled all over the country, said, I've never seen our movement so united in prayer <laughs> for one guy. Wow. And God answered those prayers, and Charlie recovered and uh, has had a cognitive test, no brain damage, even though his oxygen level got down to 70. And uh, he is uh, functioning. He still has a little bit of deadness in one foot. You know, when you're uh, lying still for so long, some of the nerve endings begin to atrophy, mm. and it takes a while for those to come back. But he's going to go on therapy and doing really, really well. He's probably 95, 96% back, so we're very grateful. While he was under sedation, his first child was born, and he wakes up with two months of his life. He's What month is it? He says August. No, it's October, and they present him with his... And by the way, you've got a child. And by the way, you've got a child. Man. And uh, so we're, we're really thankful that Charlie has recovered and, and has done so well. And so I've got to ask you, going through that as a man of faith and even probably counseling people who've had children, similar things, how did you personally handle that? And were there any times that you struggled a little bit with this idea of God, you know, however you want to put it, but watching a grandson go through this? Well, I, th I think one of the things that gets us into trouble is to have unrealistic expectations. And sometimes people think if they give their life to the Lord and they live the way they should, nothing bad is ever going to happen to them. But that's not the promise of Jesus. That's not the promise of Scripture. Jesus said, in the world you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I have been with so many people who have gone through troubles over the years as a pastor. I knew my time was coming. <laughs> and this was the toughest thing that I ever went through. And it was, it was so prolonged. But I've got to say, I never asked the Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing to? I didn't like it. I didn't know whether God was testing us or whether Satan was attacking us. Either way, I didn't like it. But I, I, I honestly can say I never said, why is this happening? Because I know stuff happens to everybody. And worse things than this have happened to people. People have gone through horrible things. But the assurance of Scripture is that the Lord will see us through. And I experienced through this trouble, the Lord lifted me up. And I was able to function. I was able to laugh. I got a really nice email from my daughter-in-law three-fourths of the way through it and said, 
I want to thank you for not uh, pouting and dragging everybody down. You still have had a spirit of joy and have related to my two boys, and I just want to thank you because when there, I've seen so many people get it down the dumps and drag everybody else down. One of the nicest emails I ever got. <laughs> but it, it, the Lord lifts you up. And that's why he says, don't worry. He doesn't say, don't worry about tomorrow because nothing bad's ever going to happen. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Each day will have sufficient trouble of its own that he will lift us up. And faith is saying, regardless of what happens tomorrow, God's going to be there for me. I'm going to be able to cope with it. Hey folks, Tony Walker here, and we hope you're enjoying this interview with Pastor Bob Russell. You know, Thanksgiving is a time of wonderful memories we can build with one another, and of course, we all can learn to be more thankful. Speaking of being thankful, we're thankful to all of our clients and prospective clients, and if you're not a client and would like to learn more about our operation, feel free to give us a call at 270-843-9380. We now return to our interview with Mr. Russell in progress. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, speaking of coping with things, now that it's been two years and we're through the pandemic, um, what, what has been your take as we look back in retrospect on this pandemic and, you know, not even to get political, but what, what, what have you learned possibly and even what, what have you brought out of this? Oh, I'm not pandemic? afraid to get political. <laughs> you you, you yeah. caution me not to get political. Well, I think the pandemic taught us a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the church, it kind of served as a purge of the church. Uh, people dropped out of church who were pretty faithful in church. Most churches I know are about 75 to 80% in attendance what they were pre-pandemic even to this day. Mm. So people found out that it was a lot easier just to, to watch online. And that became an excuse to stay home. and. Uh, we, we learned that maybe some of the people who we thought were loyal weren't quite as loyal as we thought that they were. We also learned a lot of people are terrified of death. Terrified of mm -hmm. death. Uh, I see people, even to this day, driving in a car wearing a mask because just so terrified of getting COVID. And I think we need to be cautious and we need to take care of ourselves. We don't have a death wish, but Christians should have a death strategy. <laughs> and, and we kind of already got one. Yeah, we, got really one. we got one. And, and Hebrews says that Christ came to free those who all their lives were held in captivity by the fear of death. Mm. And so we need to say, hey, I, like the Apostle Paul, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I got COVID very early. I remember, I, I remember that. I was yeah. one of the first ones, <laughs> privileged to have it. And I got pretty seriously ill. And my doctor told me, uh, look, you get an oximeter and you test your your oxygen level, and if it gets down below 90, you go straight to ER. Well, one night I had a temperature of 102, and I took my oxygen 87. I said, oh, i got to go to the hospital. I got halfway to the car, and I said, what am I doing? It's 1130 at night. I'm going to go in there. They're going to observe me, and then they're going to dismiss me and send me home. I'm going to miss a night's sleep. I'm 77 years old. If I die tonight, that's okay. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and, I went to bed and next morning felt a lot better. Now, maybe I was foolhardy. But I do think that there needs to be a certain confidence in us that we say, you know, I am going to die someday. And that's exactly why Christ came into the world to forgive my sins, and they are many, and to give me the hope of life after death through his resurrection. And that's what we ought to be most thankful for at Thanksgiving, that we have a hope 
that can never be taken away. The Bible says we have a hope that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for us. You know, Tony, everybody needs short-term hopes and long-term hopes and eternal hopes. One of the things the pandemic did, it took away people's short-term hopes. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that way. Couldn't go to the ball game on yeah. Friday. The ball game's been canceled. Can't go out to eat. Families not get together for Thanksgiving. Can't do that. And people lost their short-term hopes and gave way to despair. But I, I think we need short-term hopes, long-term hopes, but most of all, we need eternal hopes. That's, that's amazing. So let's talk about that, where we are right now. And I don't know, I, I do think this pandemic has still got repercussions. So it does seem to me, now I'm, I may be wrong in observing this, uh, Bob, but people seem a little different. Or seem, people seem a little more on edge. Uh, what might you say to people that after this whole pandemic are a little disillusioned with the government, let's, you know, whether it's politicians or disillusioned with this or that, and maybe you're touching on it now, and can be renewed and restored in their faith and really in some ways look at this, all this bad and this evil that happened and how God has turned it into good? I think you are right. I think people are on edge and they're disillusioned because the government couldn't prevent this. The government made mistakes. The government, in some cases, didn't tell the truth. And so they've lost confidence in the government and lost confidence in our leaders. And through all of this, we're like sheep without a shepherd politically right now. Mm -hmm. And on either party, we don't see somebody who can unite us and can motivate us and inspire us. But I, I think there's reason for hope in two directions. One is the real problem with America is uh, uh, moral failure. It's we drifted away from God. And the hope is that there could be a spiritual revival. That when Jonah was sent to Nineveh, God says, I've had it with Nineveh. They're so wicked, I'm going to destroy them. And Jonah went and preached and urged the people to repent. And the Bible says the people repented. Shocked Noah. Shocked Noah. Jonah did from, yeah. from the king on down to the, to the peasant. And all of a sudden, God spared them. And if we could bring about a spiritual revival, an awakening in which people say, boy, we are outside God's will, and we're going to come back to God and allow him to guide us, there's hope there. But the other hope is the hope of eternal life, that we're not without hope because we have a hope that never perishes, spoils, or fades. We have a hope that doesn't disappoint us in heaven someday. And that's our ultimate hope. And maybe the pandemic is a, a positive in that we're reminded this world is not our home. Uh, Adrian Rogers, great Baptist preacher, said, the world is getting gloriously dark. <laughs> <laughs> and that means maybe the Lord is going to intervene. And like you said, it almost has become a little more obvious that the world doesn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. we've, we've seen that play out. So if people are a little disillusioned, and now maybe this is an incorrect observation on my part, Bob, but I'm all actually seeing, even on TV, even certain talk shows, people are starting to reference God a lot more than they used to. Could that, what, what do you think the result of that might be? Or is that a faulty observation on my part? Well, Romans, the fifth chapter says, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. And there is a sense in which the world gets worse people realize my hope is not in this world. It's got to be someplace else. So I think while 
sin is exponentially increasing, the strength of people who are believers is coming the other way. And yeah. the disparity between the two is getting wider and wider. So, so Christian people are speaking out or people are saying, I've got to turn to something more. As I was driving in here today, I was listening to a report about uh, Tom Brady, the great quarterback mm -hmm. for now Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tom Brady is not having a good season. Tampa Bay is struggling. And I almost feel sorry for Tom Brady. Now I know he's had all these Super Bowl rings and life has been so good. He's, make, he's married to this supermodel, but his life is falling apart. They're getting a divorce. He's not winning. He's too old to play football, but has a hard time retiring. And Tom Brady made a statement not too long ago, there's gotta be something more than this. Hmm. And I think people are discovering, hey, there's something more. And Christianity has three things to offer to the world that nobody else can offer. We offer the forgiveness of sin, overcoming the guilt of the past and really the blood of Christ can cleanse us of sin. We offer the hope of eternal life. Nobody else can offer that, only through Jesus Christ. And we offer an ultimate purpose in life. That even when you get to be 79 years old, <laughs> every day is meaningful because God has a purpose for me. And those are the things we ought to be most focused on and most thankful for. That's wonderful. You know, I'm gonna share, I had in, a, in our notes, we talked a little bit before you came on. I haven't shared this with you because I wanted to surprise you with this. You inspired me a little bit on something, a, a track that I went on. When you mentioned about your grandson and being intentional to spend time with grandchildren, remember that you shared the story of your your one grandson, I think he had a JV football game. You took him out to Milkshake and you just listened to him. Can, can I indulge you for about two minutes to sure. share something that happened? And, and this, this might help, I think, people just to realize the simple things in life, how pleasurable they can be. But so, uh, you know, I've got these two little grandchildren, Scout and Ivy. Derek, you might want to put them up there. And, and in this picture, you'll notice I read to them all the time. That's Scout and Ivy. Aren't they cute? Tell them, cute. tell them stories. And I started making up somewhat these stories of when I was little. I called myself, a, a friend of mine used to call me Tony Baloney. And then I had a dog named Cookie. So I kept making up stories about Tony Baloney and Cookie in my childhood. And these kids would just eat it up, Bob. And even my wife and my daughter, the mother, and my son-in-law were like, man, Tony, those are some crazy stories. I said, I know, but they love this. So I had the inspiration to write a children's book. Okay, so I wrote... The Adventures of Tony Baloney and Cookie. Now, let me share, and I'll share this instance with you, and you tell me, and this is where I think people can find the simple joys in life, and I really think this was God-inspired. So I finally get the book published. Now, keep in mind, they're my focus group. All along, I'm reading them stories. I'm asking for chapter headings, and they love it, you know. So the Trey brings them down to visit us in Bowling Green. Scout and Ivy come in. They don't know I've got this book. I said, Scout and Ivy, I've got the book, and I showed it to them. Bob? They went crazy. Oh, I bet they did. I sat down to read to them, and this reminds me a little bit in Matthew 19, 14, I think it is, if you got that verse, where Jesus, remember the children run to Jesus, and the Pharisees and disciples are like, hey, why are you spending time with them? And I, my, my wife now, she hasn't heard this yet. She went to talking with Trey. They went about talking loud. I'm trying to read this book. I'm so excited. These kids are enamored in it. And I excused myself. So I went out back by myself on the porch with these little girls, read this book to them, and Bob, for 10 minutes, I am serious. I felt like I was in heaven. Mm. And it reminded me, here's what it reminded me of spiritually, that we are all children of God. He created this universe. I created this little book for them. And the focus they had on the book and the joy that that brought, and I thought, 
You know, that's the way God feels about oh, us. We've got, we got this word of God. We've got this um, Christ that we have that tells us he's seated at the right hand of God. And I thought, what, how simple, how good, is that? how good is this get? And I think sometimes we just look around and we miss these blessings. But I had to share that with you. And I wanted to thank you because after that show, when you started talking about your grandchildren and, and being intentional, and I think that's where that led to, a silly little book that led to probably 10 minutes that I'll never forget. Yeah, and thank God for that joyful experience I had. <clears throat> Yeah, that's terrific. Uh, I'm to preach at Southeast in a couple of weeks. And they've given me the passage of Scripture in Philippians that says, don't be anxious for anything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And praying about everything with thanksgiving, seizing the moment. Mm. Say, I am so thankful for this moment. And, for the, and when you said, I'm with my granddaughters and it doesn't get any better than this, <laughs> I think as you get older, you learn to cherish those moments where when you're younger, you're always focusing on what's going to happen next, mm, yeah. what's going to happen tomorrow. But uh, one of the advantages of getting older is, you know what? I got today and I'm going to soak up today. And you're talking, I was thinking about, I've got two grandsons who play football for Christian Academy below. One's a freshman and the other's a now, senior. they've got a pretty good team this well, year, senior, don't they? Yeah, they're yeah, top 10 in the state. Yeah. But one's a freshman, he, he gets to play some, and the one's a senior, <clears throat> he's not on the starting, he gets to play. But last Friday night, they got way ahead and they put in my grandson, who's a senior, and they ran a play for him and he scored a touchdown. Oh, wow. And my son filmed it, and it just so happened you can see on the sidelines, his ninth grade brother going crazy and cheering for his brother. That's awesome. And I say, this is a moment. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm just saying, God, I thank you for this moment. Mm. So I, I guess as we kind of go into this Thanksgiving season, and we both have been so blessed, and I know we've had our own struggles here and there, but maybe speak to some of those people out there watching this that are maybe a little lonely right now. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, Bob, a lot of my clients are over the age of 65. So a lot of people have lost spouses, they've lost parents, and they're just trying to understand how can I be more thankful? Maybe even like I said, they've drifted away from church. I had a gentleman the other day, uh, his wife was sitting there and she was so elated and seemed so at peace and he was all nervous about the money. And I said, why are you so much at peace? And she said, well, my faith in Jesus Christ. And I turned to him, I said, what about you? And he said, I don't have a lot of faith right now, brother, whatever. But, but I mean, speak to those people right now, maybe how you might encourage them or scripture that encourages you to help them understand that there are so many things we can be thankful for. Some time ago, I got down. And everybody has periods of melancholy everywhere from just being a little discouraged to being totally depressed. And it helps me to analyze why I'm down. And I said, oh, probably I'm down because of three things. I, I've got, at that time, I had a granddaughter in the hospital and she wasn't doing well and that had me discouraged. And I was discouraged about our country. I was really discouraged about what was going on. And then I had to admit it, I was discouraged because the University of Louisville football team wasn't doing well. <laughs> what a stupid thing. But I'd put too much emphasis on athletics. And so then I said, what does the Bible say to do when you're discouraged? Give thanks. And so I knelt in prayer and I went back and I reviewed 
everything I could from childhood that I was grateful for. Hmm. Thank you for my mom and dad and a little bit about them. Thank you for my siblings. Thank you for my preacher when I was a little boy that preached the Bible. Thank you for that day when I was eight years old. I, I thank that I got baptized. Thank you that I went to a little school and I get to play sports. I mean, I reviewed my life. When I got finished, my whole spirit was lifted because I had so much to be thankful for. And when if you're older and you're alone, give thanks for the memories. The, the second thing is, Remember the best is yet to be. That uh, you've just begun. We sing that song, Amazing Grace. This is when we've been there 10,000 years bright, yeah. shining as a sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. We had a lady in our church. Lee Tate was her name. And she was one of these people, always bubbly, always encouraging. In her 80s, mid-80s, she still had this glow about her. Her husband, Dr. Robert Tate, had died. She battled cancer, but she still had this upbeat spirit. When she died, her daughters gave me a letter that she had written to me for after she died. And the first part was great, but she said, Dear Bob, when you get to heaven, don't look for us at the gate because we'll have gone downtown where the action is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Said, Bob may be playing drums in the marching band. <laughs> Meanwhile, take care of my darling, precious daughters. See you in heaven. And, and that's the attitude older people ought to have. Yeah. The best is yet to be. We're going to go downtown where the action is. You know? <laughs> hey folks, Tony Walker here, and we hope you're enjoying this interview with Pastor Bob Russell. You know, Thanksgiving is a time of wonderful memories we can build with one another, and of course, we all can learn to be more thankful. Speaking of being thankful, we're thankful to all of our clients and prospective clients. And if you're not a client and would like to learn more about our operation, feel free to give us a call at 270-843-9380. We now return to our interview with Mr. Russell in progress. I've got to ask this in our closing comments because you mentioned her briefly because I was telling you. Oh, by the way, I wanted you to have, uh, this is the Live Well, Die Broke book. Good. And it's done real well. And thanks to you, you put a nice little quip on there. And I signed this copy for you. I will warn you, Thank though. You. Uh, I used to give away books and I'd sign them. And I saw one of them on sale for on eBay and it was worth less than the original unsigned. So this is now worth less than I've signed. <laughs> There's your personal I know, copy. I know that feeling. <laughs> But I wanted to, you know, because behind every good man is a great woman. And I forgot to ask you last time, and I briefly asked you a little bit about your wife, Judy. I understand she's got a book coming out. But also speak to, I guess, just what a wonderful blessing it is to have a, a wife, I'm sure, like Judy, if you could tell us a little bit about her. Yeah. We've been married just 57 years, and I, I think it's going to work. <laughs> uh, I, I've been so blessed with a wonderful wife. I'm kind of up and down as a personality. She's... More like Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sounds like my wife. And I, I love to go home every day knowing exactly what's going what's gonna to be there. And you know, the, the great thing about being married a long time, there's one person in the world to whom you're the most important person in the world to them. Hmm. And uh, it's not all romance, you know, mm -hmm. but you go through tough times and you find out there are hundreds of people who know me, but there's only one person to whom I'm the most important person in the world. And uh, she's been so supportive. But she has, in the last four or five years, written a book about hospitality. You know, the Bible says practice hospitality. Mm -hmm. And so many people won't open up their homes. And uh, as a result, they miss out on a lot of deep relationships. They miss out on friendships. Their kids miss out. We've had over a 1,000 preachers in our home. Golly. And uh, so she wrote a book called Elbows on the Table. <laughs> and the 
there's a picture on the front of mostly our family sitting around the table laughing and talking. <laughs> when, when the meal's over and you stay around the table and you cut your elbows on the table, that you talk about precious moments. Those, yeah. those are times to seize the day. And the book is mostly about experiences she's had in other people's homes and mostly about experiences we've had bringing people into our home. Uh, one night, uh, for example, during Derby Week, I got a call 10.30 at night from people who were from Michigan. They said, is this Bob Russell, preacher South? Yes, it is. said, well, our preacher gave us your name. We're coming through town. We didn't know it was Derby. We cannot find a place to stay within 50 miles. Can you help us? Do you have somebody in the church that has a bed and breakfast? I couldn't think of him. <laughs> but I also remember that scripture, practice hospitality. <laughs> so I said, no, I can't think of anybody. But I'll tell you what, you come on over here and we'll put you up for the night. I hung up the phone and I said, Judy, we got some guests coming. She's, she said, who is it? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they came and it was a night we had tornado warnings. And we welcomed them to the door and ushered them down into our basement, the worst part of our house. <laughs> And uh, she, that's one of the stories she tells about how this family later sent a real nice gift, thanking us for keeping them. But there are some wonderful experiences you can have if you can open up your house. And she's been great about practicing hospitality. Well, Bob, it's, uh, speaking of hospitality, you've been so hospitable these last two times to come on the show, and I'm sure the audience has loved uh, hearing from you, and it's been so encouraging. And we just, we just want to thank you again for your time and your ministry, and wish you and your family continued blessings. So well, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for the book. You're welcome. God bless you. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this interview with Pastor Bob Russell entitled An Attitude of Gratitude Part 2. If we can be of any help to you, feel free to contact us at TonyWalkerFinancial.com or give us a call anytime at 270-843-9380. You make it a good one.